Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to episode 341 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... To infinity and beyond! Matt, how are you doing? I'm very good, David. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Yes, we're, we're recording this on my birthday, but I'm 25 again, so... <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Still carrying on with some shows that I was watching before. One of them I have actually finished. I finished both seasons of Upload. Uh, the second season, which is a little bit shorter of seven episodes, but uh, that's not a problem necessarily. Yeah, really good show. Manages to not make itself complicated towards the end of season two, but try some ambitious things. I think that's the best way to sort of put it, but yeah. still to a degree where you can kind of understand everything. I really enjoyed all the characters. You know, you got Nora, and Nathan and you've got his girlfriend and stuff yeah that love triangle gets uh, quite interesting as well so that was um, really really good really great show it's you know dramatic at the times when it's supposed to be it's, it's funny and kind of humorous at times when it's meant to be really really enjoyed the show I think it's very creative with a lot of its ideas which again it's from I think you said Greg Daniels isn't it yes a couple of really interesting like twists in the season and stuff that once you realise kind of what's going on with certain things that was some well moments in there but um, no I really enjoyed it I'm looking forward to whenever the third season comes out I'm just glad I finished it before the uh, the wave of June TV <laughs> yes. before that all comes around and we have loads of things before June turns into October so yeah. I very much enjoyed that you've seen both seasons haven't you I think Robert has as well yes I've so. seen both seasons I really enjoy that show yeah. I, I don't think it has actually been renewed for a third season yet but they seem to be making fairly positive noises about it being likely to come back and given where it ends I very much hope it comes back I uh-huh. mean the, the fact that it hasn't been renewed yet is it's not been out that long and it was a while I think before they renewed it after the first season so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Uh, hopefully we'll get some news about that soon. But I really enjoyed the first two seasons. Second season, I think the first season had more gags in it. And the second season, they do go slightly deeper into the plot. But there was some great stuff in the second season as well. I really, really enjoyed it. And I love the whole sort of concept of this sort of virtual afterlife. And the type of afterlife you get is based on the amount of money you have, basically. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. as well. I, it's a really interesting sort of Black Mirror-esque idea, which I love. I really, really enjoyed. So uh, I hope to bring it back for another season. Yeah. So I uh, really, really enjoyed that. Is there a reason that there was seven episodes as opposed to ten in the second season? I don't think there's anything, as far as I can tell, specifically other than I guess it was probably shot during COVID, and right. that was probably why they cut it down a bit. But mm-hmm. it still works as like a normal season, which is yeah. good. Yeah. So, but yeah, second season is definitely I would say different to season one. Uh, I don't know if it's like better or worse, but. <laughs> It sort of sets up a couple of things and then takes a few episodes maybe to, to start going. But then once it kicks on, it sort of just carries on right from there. So it's still, still a very good season. Uh, still going on with Foundation. I've got four episodes left. I think I've watched two since last time I was on Geek Town. Again, just all the usual kind of qualities from before. It's an incredibly smart show. It's an incredibly well-written show and smartly written show, if that sort of makes sense. Yeah. I was saying this too on, uh, I think I mentioned it on our Better Cold Soul podcast because I was talking about structure of TV and it's really continues to surprise me how much Foundation is getting away with doing that Yeah, because it is jumping around a lot and that is you know I pointed out before your structure of different shows and sort of like cutting off scenes too early or jumping between scenes too much and it's not cutting scenes off too early but it is jumping around a lot but it's working in just a really I, I don't think I've seen a TV show really do it like that before it's less about the quality of the structure and more just they're trying to tell you the story in a specific way 
way. Yeah. And you sort of switch between scenes and you think, okay, when does this take place? And then it takes you maybe a minute or so to realize where it is in the timeline, which is again, part of the sort of mystery is to when you switch to a different scene, trying to figure out like, okay, this character's this old, but this character's like still around or whatever. So, but yeah, again, it's surprising me with kind of the amount of action it's got. I think that's a really good element of the show. I think they're still balancing that really well with the uh, very heavy like monologue dialogue sort of political type of stuff. But it show doesn't get drowned in that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which which is a, a good sort of approach to it because it is a very complicated show. There is a lot of like intricate stuff kind of going on. But no, I've still very much continued to enjoy it. And I'll obviously keep going. As I said to you, I think before we started recording, I would like to finish that before we get to the uh, June madness of TV, which again is a bit unusual. But uh, before like loads of other shows start coming out and, you know, Lightyear gets here and that sort of thing. That's also when um, PS Plus gets that premium tier for the PlayStation right, yeah. 1 and 2 classic games. So I, yeah, I'm going to be diving into that as well. So for anybody that's wondering, by the way, that's 22nd of June. That's happening. Right. The PlayStation Plus three-tiered system that they've got. So there's that. Barry's back for its third season as well. And that's been off the air for three years, two and a half, three years. It's been, yes, it's been, it's a, been, a, been a bit of time. Yeah, it's been a bit of time. Kind of settled straight back in with it, really. A bit like with Better Call Saul, you know, that was off for a couple of years. Not as long as Barry, I think, but that was off for a couple of years and settled back into that really well. Again, that's another show that's very good at doing its comedic moments and its very dramatic moments and sort of balancing the the tone with that. Again, a very tense show as it was before, short and sweet kind of 30 minute thing. And uh, that was a really, really great to, to have back. It just continues to have that very prestige HBO feel, which most of their shows do, of course. Have you ever seen Barry? Because I don't know if you have No, I haven't. I It's one of those that I keep on seeing things about and thinking, oh, I must go and watch that and then just haven't got around to starting it yet. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I hear a lot of good things about Barry. It is one that I, I will try and fit in at some point to go and watch. Yeah, it's a brilliant, brilliant show. That's mostly what I've been up to. I've been reviewing other things, which I'll probably mention later on or something. But yeah. um, what have you been up to? Finished off Slow Horses, which is the Apple TV Plus series. That's the one that's got Gary Oldman in it, who the, right. the basic premise of it is there is a branch of MI5, which is where they put the sort of also rans of MO5. So it's people that have either screwed up, but they can't quite fire them, or people that are kind of towards the end of their career, or yeah. So so it's it's a collection of kind of misfits, basically. That office is in a place called Slough House, and the group are referred to as the Slow Horses. The office is run by Jackson Lamb, who's played by Gary Oldman. The character that sort of gets you into this is a guy called River Cartwright. He's played by Jack Loudon, and he's sort of this up-and-coming MI5 agent who makes a seemingly massive error in the middle of a training exercise, and that gets him put in Slough House. He's sort of been given this task of sifting through rubbish, and you know he's given all these kind of menial jobs. And then there is a sort of incident where somebody is kidnapped and that gets them involved in this kind of wider story and Mm. gets them involved with the main MI5 stuff. It basically becomes a bit of a sort of underdog story if you're kind of rooting for this group of kind of misfits. Really, really enjoyed it. It's a very, very well written piece of drama. It's very British in its sort of humour of Gary Oldman's character Jackson is a really a serbic character with a world weary view on life and just wants to spend his time working out the clock essentially and not really having to get involved in anything too much he's kind of done his time at main mo5 he just this is sort of his retirement he still wants the pension he's basically counting down the days on the calendar essentially (laughs) so when this bigger thing blows up he's kind of really doesn't want to be involved in any of it but he's clearly still very very sharp even though he seems like a sort of schlubby boss that doesn't care about anything it's just very funny but it is very much a drama but it's got that sort of dark acerbic british humor to it and uh, it just wonderfully put together really good twisty plot in it as well um it's only six episodes long and they're about an hour each i think each of the episodes but well well worth okay. going to watch is that one you've got to yet on apple no i actually went to start that um shining girls the, the elizabeth 
Lost. Oh thing. yes, I haven't started uh, that. Yet, I, I, I got halfway through the first episode. I didn't switch it off because I didn't like it. I just didn't manage to finish the episode. Right. But no, I saw uh, Slow Horses on there as well. That's another one that I should watch. Sounds good. It's definitely worth watching. Once I finish that, it has the sort of you can try watching these next come up underneath on on mm-hmm. Apple and I was like, keep, keep you on our streaming. Service, yes, yeah. keep you on our streaming service <laughs> things that they all do. Suspicion came up on there and it's like, oh well, that's another British thriller. Uh, it's that I thought that looks like it's going to be quite interesting. So it's based on an Israeli show called False Flag and it's based in London and the characters are all British. But what had happened is there are five people that have their lives turned upside down after they get back from having visited a hotel in New York where the son of this big American media mogul has been kidnapped. So these five people land completely disparate people. They don't seem to have any connection to each other, but they believe that all five of them had something to do with this gang that kidnapped this rich person's kid Mm -hmm. and it really becomes about well who's telling the truth there are clearly some shady things going on in the lives of these five people we don't know whether any of them were involved or weren't involved as you go through it you start to learn a little bit more about each of the characters and yeah there are some dodgy things going on but is it at all related to any of the kidnapping or is it just they're doing dodgy things and there is also this kidnapping you know you don't know whether any of this is actually connected. The cast is brilliant. It's Kunal Nayar, who people will know from Big Bang, of course. Uh, Elizabeth Henstridge from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is in there. You've got Lydia West in there from It's a Sin. Georgina Campbell is in there, who was in Krypton and has been in Broadchurch and a bunch of other things. Noah Emmerich, who people will know from things like The Truman Show and The Americans. Uma Thurman pops up as the media mogul mother, although I think she's only had one brief scene in like I'm only a few episodes into it at the moment so uh-huh. I haven't really seen much of her Mandic Gill is in there as well of course from Doctor Who I mean the cast is, is really really solid it's eight episodes long in total I'm about two or three episodes in right now but I'm, I'm really enjoying that it's a really interesting drama so far you've seen all of this haven't you yeah I really really enjoyed it it's one of them shows where you could do a second season or there's even room for a particular spinoff if they wanted to which right. I would be a, a big fan of but if they wanted to leave it at one season they kind of could there's like one or two things you could follow up on but you wouldn't like have to per se but no I really enjoyed it it kind of scratched a bit of that 24 itch is it obviously a bit different to something like that but still that kind of espionage thriller type of thing which I I really enjoyed those I I think as I said to you before when I saw it that the recommended shows were like Homeland 24 and you know things like that anyway so Mm -hmm. um, it's very much like that but uh, I found the leader of the actual main group I found him to be a very very compelling character I don't know if you know quite who I'm talking about but I don't at the moment so don't say anymore <laughs> but no I found him very uh, compelling to watch so that was really good but no it's a show I really loved you yeah. yeah definitely worth a watch but that's uh, Suspicion that's on Apple TV right now the other ones are off streaming services as well Dollface came back for a second season which is great that's really fun essentially about a group of female friends at this point so the premise for the first one was girl breaks up with boyfriend has to reconnect with her female friends who she'd effectively abandoned second season is more about the kind of that group of female friends as they sort of deal with various things in their life it's got a wonderful quirky weirdness to it there is a weird cat lady that she envisages every day this is like a woman with a cat face that she envisages and sort of gives her advice and stuff it's got so it's got that sort of Ali McBeal quirkiness to it where it's a slight fantasy thing going on but very, very funny and very well written. The second season opens with a sort of them skipping through the pandemic of them doing various things, you know, from like starting off being kind of, right, we're going to get things done and like baking bread and all this sort of stuff to ends with the pair of them like sat on a sofa, you know. Okay. So that's how they sort of deal with the pandemic bit of it. That's be really fun, but that's back on Disney Plus right now. And the other thing that I went and watched the first few episodes of all the episodes episodes are actually up but I've only watched the first few so far is a Amazon series called 10% which is based on the French series called My Agent which was a huge success for Netflix essentially it's set in a PR agency where they deal with a lot of A-list celebrities and it's about sort of getting them parts and that sort of stuff you get the opening episode which sort of starts to establish the characters and there are two people leading the agency and one of them dies and 
it then becomes about how does the agency survive once this big beloved owner of the company has died and he's the one that's got quite a lot of the connections and you know he's established big industry network figure and he's now died and the panic that then ensues in the agency after that as they try to deal with the fallout of of all that uh jack davenport plays the son of that big boss but it's got really good cast in there. There's um, Linda Leonard, Maggie Steed, Ting McKinney, Jim Broadbent is in there. And it's got like a bunch of cameos from some A-Lift stars. So there's people like Olivia Williams pop up and Helena Bonham Carter and Kelly McDonald are in the first few episodes. And they're playing versions of themselves as they're sort of supposedly clients of this big agency. It's from John Morton, who is the person that wrote things like 2012, and W1A and it has very much that sort of sense of humour to it as well it's well written it's very funny it's on Amazon right now and uh, certainly worth going to see if you want to see them sort of poke fun at celebrities and that sort of PR culture it is definitely worth going to watch but that's called Mm -hmm. 10% and it's on Amazon right now we really are right in the middle of that busy TV period aren't we because there's certain shows which I've followed before like Dollface that I've heard that have come back and then because other things have come back that I've watched, I've like almost forgotten about certain other shows. It's pretty mad right now. And it's only going to get more busy in May and June. Yes, so, it, it gets a lot yeah. more busy in May and June. So. so you said that's on Amazon? Yes, that one is on Amazon. It's called 10% and uh, cool. it is on Amazon right now. The whole thing is up there. The whole of Dollface is up there as well on Disney+. Plus. They've dropped mm-hmm. the whole season at once. So you can go and watch through those. Uh, Suspicion that was going out weekly and Slow Horses, but both of those are out, all out in full right now so they're all Mm -hmm. up there the ones you mentioned foundation and upload are also all out in full barry's the only one out of those that he's running out weekly right now i think yeah that's all the stuff we've been watching this week let's move on to some tv and film news hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. And we've really started to hit the cancellations this week. Some really big things in there. The two probably most surprising ones. Well, maybe not entirely surprising given what we know about the network at the moment. But the ones that were probably the biggest shock for people... Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow both cancelled. Batwoman after three seasons, Legends of Tomorrow after seven seasons, not eight, even though Sky is insisting that it's season eight that is running right now, which it isn't. It's season seven. Both of those have been cancelled. The reason for this, because the CW, and as we've previously said before, they are the fluffiest of networks, or certainly traditionally have been, and usually they just renew everything, and even if they do decide to bring something to an end, they usually give it a final final season, particularly if it's a long-running show. There are changes going on at the CW. There's a couple of changes. One of them is the fact that Warner Brothers, which co-owns the CW with Paramount, there have been changes going on at Paramount. There are changes going on at Warner Brothers because they've just merged with Discovery or just bought Discovery. In fact, I think Discovery bought them technically. But anyway, they're, they're now one company. So mm-hmm. there is a merged, lot of yeah. yeah, there are a lot of management changes going on there. Yeah. So there's that which has changed the directions of where they want to put their money, particularly when it relates to the DC properties. On top of that, there is a potential sale of the CW happening. The CW has never actually made any money for them. They made money from selling shows which they made for the CW, either to streaming services or to other networks internationally. So they made money out of it by basically selling it to Sky and selling the second run streaming rights to Netflix. That's how they made money out of shows. The network itself, the CW, has never made a profit 
profit. So rather than leaving that as a bit of a drag, because now Paramount has Paramount Plus and Warner Brothers has HBO Max, they don't really need it anymore. And what they decided that they wanted to do was sell off the network to somebody else, but they retain a small share of it and would still supply shows to it. But because of that, they've been a lot more ruthless with what they've kept and what they've got rid of. So back in March, they renewed Flash, Superman and Lois, Riverdale, Walker, Kung Fu, All-American and Nancy Drew. That left a number of shows behind like Legacies, Charmed, 4400, Dynasty, the new Naomi DC show and All-American Homecoming. They are still very much on the bubble because we haven't heard either way on those. And they announced this week that Legends was cancelled and Batwoman was also cancelled. I'm more concerned that Legends after seven seasons isn't going to get a payoff to because apparently that ended on a cliffhanger of some sort. I don't know exactly what, but because we haven't got there yet over here. But uh, I really haven't got massively into Batwoman. I've kind of been trudging through it. Legends is the one that I really do enjoy because it's just fun and silly. And Mm -hmm. that's the one that I've been enjoying more than anything else. For me with Batwoman and Legends, Batwoman I dropped out at the end of season two, just specifically because it had gotten really bad and it had messed up a bunch of stuff and the interest for me completely dropped. See, I heard mixed things about season three. Some people who were like really diehard fans said like, oh no, season three is a lot better. But then some people said like, oh no, season three got a lot worse. So I was like, <laughs> right. okay, well, I'm, not, I'm just not going to jump back on board. Mm-hmm. Legends, I'm glad I dropped out the season before this one. I think that was six, season six. Yeah. That's when me and Robert did what, what we call a podcast wrap up. Basically what that yeah. means is we stopped the podcast for a show, but the show is still going on. So we wrap up the podcast, not a series wrap up so it was interesting with the season six finale because they kind of did play it out as almost a series finale then they had like a five second thing at the end of the episode yeah which didn't like massively bother me it was like a very small cliffhanger to set up next season mm-hmm. which i'm assuming went to the seventh one so i was kind of glad i dropped out of legends where i did because for me it was like a satisfying okay you know finish yeah. off the podcast done with the episodes not because i massively disliked the show it just sort of had, had gotten to that point for me and i'd, I'd made i more call that sort of me making peace with the show as opposed to Batwoman where I was like no this is just really bad and I just don't want it anymore so yeah yeah so the, the Batwoman one doesn't bother me and isn't as much as of a surprise whereas with Legends yeah I'm surprised I didn't get like some sort of little wrap up I, I don't know the full details of like the cliffhanger itself so mm-hmm. I'm not aware of what that is but um, I think most people refer to like Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, Legends those are sort of the yeah, original those, those ones the, in, in, yeah. in quotes yeah and anything that came after that was just sort of the new ones but I'm surprised one of them got cancelled definitely but it does show a bit of a change at Warner Brothers I suppose um, which this isn't the specific change we were asking for necessarily but I think we all kind of knew in terms of Warner Brothers and their handling of DC of course mainly with the films and stuff that things needed to change at some point and we've clearly started seeing that happening both with like what's happening here and the way that they've talked about different things you know in different articles and stuff maybe a new kind of era for Warner Brothers yeah certainly I mean this feels like it's the Arrowverse coming to an end um, yeah I think so pretty much I mean The Flash has got a new season but there's a lot of rumours that that could be the final season for it we know that Grant only signed on for one more season um, Mm -hmm. although there is a possibility that that is just a ploy because it means he can renegotiate the contract for more money next season as well if he decides he does want to come back but Mm. equally he might just get to the end of this season and go actually no I don't want to do it anymore so he does seem this isn't like me moaning about his his acting particular I still think he's doing a good job with certainly with the material that he's got to work with Yeah. but um, from his body language and stuff he does seem a bit sort of like okay I'm still here I'm going to finish this off but he's a bit more on the out yeah. it, it, it seems in, in, in certain scenes which I don't entirely blame him for you know he's been doing this for like eight going on nine years now so mm-hmm. yeah I think for the Flash it would make sense next season to do what they did with the Arrow which is do like a ten episode yeah. final season it almost feels to me and I said this on our, our Flash podcast it almost feels to me like with the Flash that they renewed it for a ninth season so that they could say like hey we outlasted Arrow or, or something <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know but yeah a, a 10 episode season 9 last one would, would make sense yeah that still leaves Superman Lois Stargirl and Naomi as DC shows on the CW in the US 
but none of those are particularly directly Arrowverse connected. I mean, Superman sort of is, but it's very much doing its own thing. I mean, there is more money definitely spent on that show, or certainly it looks like there's a lot more money spent on that show. It doesn't look or feel like any of the other Arrowverse shows. So there's that. Stargirl, again, seems very separate. Naomi, I haven't seen, so I don't know about that. Not many people seem to be talking about Naomi. No, there's one person I follow on Twitter who's very nice guy and all that, but he's the only person I see talking about Naomi week to week. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were other people at the start of the show tweeting about it, but they've all kind of dropped off. Yeah. uh, Including myself. Out of the four shows that were up for renewal, so Legends, Batwoman, Naomi, and we're also including the Gotham Knights pilot in there because that's a possible (laughs) new pickup. Out of those four shows, the rumour was that they were only going to take two of them so that would imply if that is still the case that Naomi probably will get renewed and it's possible they may pick up the Gotham Knights pilot but they've not made any announcements one way or another and I mean it may be post the merger they may have completely changed their minds about that and they may just decide no we're just going to can a lot of it because there do seem to be a lot of changes going on particularly with the DC stuff as they try and sort of wrangle it into some sort of cohesive thing So we'll see. But it feels a bit like they're going through what Marvel did when they had a bunch of like separate Marvel TV shows which had nothing to do with the MCU. And it it sort of feels like maybe they're going through or starting to go through that stage of killing off a bunch of things that aren't interconnected in any way. We'll see. But that's sort of where they're at at the moment. We don't know about Naomi. Uh, Stargirl, we're not expecting renewal news yet because of the fact that it hasn't had its next season go out yet yeah. um, so that'd be the third one third season yes I think mm-hmm. and uh, we we may hear in the next couple of weeks whether they are picking up Gotham Knights or not But uh, do you think at bare minimum they keep Stargirl Flash and Superman around Superman's definitely been renewed Flash has definitely been renewed so we know they've got those Stargirl difficult to say which way they're going to go with that because it is sort of very separately connected mm-hmm. but because it's separate to everything else I mean other than John Wesley Ship has appeared as a version of the Flash in that mm. other than that it's not directly connected to that sort of you know it's sort of part of the multiverse but what earth it's on who knows so um, I don't know with Stargirl it might very much depend on what happens with this next season mm. so uh, what, what, what do you think they might do about like Doom Patrol Titan I mean there's like a bunch of the yeah, other shows as well because that again Doom Patrol's Titans they're all completely unconnected to anything else and yeah. Uh, like Pennyworth as well. Yeah, Pennyworth sort of more historical, so there is a slightly different thing, and it's a completely separate entity. That so yeah, that's on ethics as well. So. Yes, I mean the weird one is having Gotham Knights potentially pop up, and you've also got Titans, and they both deal with sort of Bat Family stuff. So mm-hmm. that's a slightly odd one because by the sounds of the setup of them, they cannot exist in the same universe. That's a weird thing to you know because with everything else, technically it could all exist in one universe with Gotham Knights and Titans purely based on the plot line of it because in one Batman's dead and the other one Batman is alive I mean he's not kind of Batman particularly but I mean due to that alone and it was also with Gotham Knights and Batwoman it would have been difficult to have that running because you would have had two things set in Gotham with two completely different premises one where Batman's been killed and one where he hasn't and Batwoman isn't there and you know so that Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. The Gotham Knights one is a, is an odd one because of the you know the entire premise of it is heroes and villains team up together and become the Gotham Knights as a way of protecting Gotham after Batman is murdered or Bruce Wayne is murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a weird one because it doesn't fit into any of the existing stuff. You know, yeah. if they pick that up, it's going to be very intriguing to see what they do with that. And mm. um, yes, it, it feels very much like a Death of the Arrowverse with those two shows going certainly it's a bit like what I pointed out with because I did a episode I think it was last week or the week before which was 14 steps to fix the DCEU and in that I didn't talk about like any of the TV stuff that was literally just the DCEU stuff which I, I kind of tied Batman into that a little bit with one of the particular steps mm-hmm. but depends if they want connected in the way that the MCU is where you've got like one division of the TV show Hawkeye TV show yeah and then you've got like these films and they're all one bigger story or if they want to keep them separate where you've got a TV universe and then a film universe 
Um, yeah. But then you've got like, other separate things like the Batman. So depends what they want to do with it exactly. So because um, mm. some things, yeah, you can get rid of them and sort of reboot them a bit. But some things you've still got elements that you should keep, I think. So be very interesting these these next maybe these next couple of years to see uh, how things go. Then you've got little odd things like Peacemaker kind of floating around. Yes, which is yeah. sort of connected to the DCEU. And then you've got like yeah. John Cena still. We'll see what happens with that. But there are definitely some changes going on with sort of DC right now. I, I mean, the prevailing wisdom seems to be that they are on the lookout for somebody to get hold of that and become essentially their Kevin Feige of one person to take control of the whole thing and streamline it so it all works, um, mm. which is sort of what they should have done in the first place, but didn't. So <laughs> yeah. so uh, I, that seems to be what the rumours are that, that that's what they're looking for, but we'll, we'll see how it all turns out. Moving away from the DC stuff, uh, three cancellations from Netflix this week. Space Force, which was the Steve Carell series, and uh, that's another Greg Daniels show as well, actually. That's been canned after two seasons. First season was quite funny. It was a very silly premise. It was the idea of them setting up Space Force, and it was sort of done as an internal joke. We should make a TV show about this to Netflix, and somebody emailed Steve Carell, and he went, oh yeah, that's a really good idea. Let's write something. And and that's sort of how the first season came out. Hmm. So the fact that it even got two seasons is kind of a miracle, but um, that's got canned after two seasons. Raising Dion, which was the sort of preteen comic book superhero thing, that has been canned after two seasons as well. Did you watch season two? I got a few episodes into season two. I haven't actually finished it, which is possibly a sign. Right. And Pretty Smart, which completely bypassed me. I don't even know what that is, but that was another one. I don't either. That was another one that was cancelled. That was cancelled on Netflix after one season. We actually did a podcast about what the hell is wrong with Netflix, basically. Yeah. We did that over on Entertainment Talk earlier this week. And it's interesting that, you know, you've got one cancelled after one season, which, you know, fair enough, if it didn't hit, it didn't hit. But two of those shows are cancelled after two seasons. And this is what we were saying on that podcast of like, the problem is that you bring these shows back and either don't advertise them at all, or you bring them back and you dump the whole season in one go and it doesn't get any buzz around it because of the fact that you've dumped the whole season in one go. Mm, yeah. There is a, an issue there because there's so many things that don't make it past two seasons on Netflix <laughs> because the algorithm tells them it's not doing as well as it should do. You know what, Netflix are like, all hail the algorithm. So so yes, they really need to sort that out. They could just listen to our podcast and all their problems will be solved. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> yes, of course, listen to us. <laughs> there is one other cancellation, which is The Last OG, which is being cancelled on TBS in the US after four seasons. I don't think that ever got picked up over here, but uh, that's been canned after four seasons. There are a lot of cancellations this week. There will be a lot more, I suspect, coming over the next few weeks as well as we head into upfronts. Uh, although some things haven't been quite decided, the upfronts are going to be a bit more stretched out. That's when they announce all the new shows. They're going to be a bit more stretched out over May by the sound of it. But I'm expecting more cancellations coming over the next few weeks. On to renewals, Pekino, which is the Apple TV Plus series. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right, but uh, that has been renewed for a second season. I think the first season of that was quite popular. So uh, I've, I've heard some good things floating yes. around about that. That's been renewed for a second season by Apple TV. Blue Bloods has been renewed for a 13th season by CBS. Uh, that mm-hmm. was reliant on Tom Selleck, or rather Tom Selleck's moustache, because we know that season control of Tom Selleck. That uh, <laughs> has signed a new contract, so uh, that is coming back for a 13th season. Peacock in the US has renewed Wolf Like Me, which was a um, sort of romantic kind of thriller thing that's got Elsa Fisher and Josh Gad in it. It airs on Amazon over here. I haven't watched the first season of it because I couldn't quite figure out from the description exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I may go and look at it because that's an interesting kind of pairing of two people, but uh, it seems to have gone down well enough for Peacock, so they've renewed it for a second season in the US. And as I say, Amazon over here for Wolf Like Me. Single Drunk Female has been renewed for a second season at Freeform. That is on Disney Plus over here. And ITV have renewed The Larkins, which was that new version of The Darling Bugs of May. That has been renewed for a second season at ITV over here. So uh, yes, we've got some cancellations, but we have got some renewals as well this week, which is good. Into pickups and 
other news, there's a couple of interesting little things popped up and out of nowhere on Disney Plus last week. Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, which was the sort of later spin-off of Once Upon a Time, which came out in 2013. So it's been like nearly 10 years since it was out. But uh, it's never actually aired, I don't think, anywhere over here. Or if it did, it was sort of tucked away somewhere obscure. That has now dropped. So if you're a fan of Once Upon a Time, that was one of the spin-offs that never actually popped up anywhere prominent over here so that you can now go and watch that that's now on disney plus uk and it's a sin randomly popped up on there the russell t davis drama i I don't know why it's on there but they appear to have bought it to be airing on there because i think it's still on all four and i think it's on netflix as well so yeah Mm, i mean it's a good show so i mean it's it's a phenomenal piece of drama and you know the more places it is the better so great but just a bit weird that it's just randomly popped up on there but uh, Mm -hmm. they're both on disney plus technically it only needs to be on all four because that's the actual free one but um, well yeah yeah, that's true yeah Yeah. there's a few bits of casting as well announcements of people returning to older shows they've announced the cast of that 70s show are making guest appearances on a new series coming to netflix called that 90s show if you watch that 70s show the 90s show is set in 1995 follows leah foreman the daughter of eric and donna from the original series who is visiting their grandparents for the summer when she bonds with a new generation of point place kids under the watchful eye of kitty and stern glare of red so essentially it's that 70s show but set in the 90s because apparently the 90s are a long enough ago to be able to do that now which is horrifically depressing for me but anyway (laughs) but they've announced that uh, Topher Grace Myla Clunis Aston Kutcher Laura Pepron Wilma Valdemera are all going to be guest starring across that season as well whether they'll turn up in one group for like a one-off thing or whether they're going to be peppered throughout I'm not sure that's what they've they've announced that those people so if you're a fan of the 70s show that 90s show which is being made by Netflix right now is going to have some of the original 70s show casting as well as the uh, two people whose names I forget that played Kitty and Red, who are the series regulars in it, the older generation. Yeah, did you watch any of that 70s show? No, I've, I've heard about it here and there because I think there was some news going around about this and stuff, but I've never like seen the show or anything. It's funny. It is worth watching. It's a good, fun show. But uh, yeah, nice to have the old cast at least sort of supporting this new version of it. Mm-hmm. And the other people returning to a show after 37 or so years, probably a bit less than that since they actually left, but uh, Kylie and Jason are both returning to Neighbours for the finale which apparently is going out August 1st the finale of Neighbours because as we know they had to bring it to an end because they lost their deal with Channel 5 and uh, now can't afford to make it anymore but uh, Kylie and Jason are apparently coming back for the finale of Neighbours which is like kind of sweet and wonderful and I'm glad they're going back to support it I can't believe that it's been 37 years that show's been on air and it's now going but um, I I mean I haven't watched Neighbours in years and years and years I was reading a story about it. I've forgotten that uh, Jason Donovan's dad... Terence was also in the show, but apparently his daughter is currently on the show as well. So it's been a real family thing for Jason Donovan. That's kind of awesome. A bit like the Lintz family with, uh, with yeah. Wolf and Deb. <laughs> yes, very much so. So 37 years. It comes to an end, I think August 1st is the finale date and uh, Kylie and Jason are making an appearance on that. So it might be worth watching. It'd be great if they did something completely mental for the final episode, like, you know, aliens land or they blow up the close or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, something definitively like ending. It would be really funny. On to some other news stories. We have a bunch of updates from The Walking Dead. Now, we did a sort of emergency Walking Dead podcast on one of these news stories, but there was a couple of other bits and pieces sort of fall out from that as well. Uh, the big news story was about the spin-off series, or one of the spin-off series, which was going to be what we've been calling the Daryl and Carol show. It's now only going to be a Daryl show because Melissa McBride has decided that she is not going to be involved with it. This initially was announced as a creative decision turns out that isn't the case it's purely a matter of logistics the spin-off series is due to shoot this summer in Europe and for a variety of reasons Melissa has basically said it is what they're describing as logistically untenable for Melissa to be able to move and shoot this summer so there's no bad vibes there's nothing wrong they want to keep on working with Melissa they're hoping to find a way of bringing Carol back at some point in the future which answers the question about whether she's going to get killed off on the main show and how long they've known about this but they have said that she's just unable to do it and I mean there could just be she needs a break 
I mean, it may be that she's got elderly relatives that she is involved with in Atlanta and she doesn't want to leave for an extended period of time. I don't think she's married or has kids, but, you know, there is some reason why she can't do it this summer. Uh, Maybe she's got another gig. I don't know. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's a shame, but they have now decided that they're going to be carrying on with the Daryl series. We don't know whether they're bringing anybody else in because these scripts were pretty well written at that point and it's supposed to begin shooting in the next two or three months in Europe. So whether they're just going to replace Carol and ship in somebody else and change bits of the dialogue to make it work or whether they're going to invent a new Carol-esque sort of character that Daryl meets early on in the journey to Europe because it's not only shooting in Europe, they have said it is set in Europe as well. I mean, we talked about this before anyway, didn't we? So Yeah, we'll see what they manage to do. They've got the option of the uh, Tales episodes which is yeah. actually the show I'm kind of most looking forward to just because it will give them freedom to do basically whatever they want, really. Yeah. So, because you can put different leads in that show and in the anthology one and kind of kill them off or whatever because you won't see them next episode anyway. But mm-hmm. And it could also be a, a show where um, one character's maybe particularly popular and yeah. they decide to do something with that. So we could see Carol pop up there possibly, but yeah, we've still got at least eight episodes of a, well, some amount of the eight episodes that we got left. So we'll just have to see what happens. Yes, there was a bit of news that came out after that, which was fans in quotes on Twitter was described as a very toxic fan base having a go at Norman Reedus over the fact that Melissa has decided not to do the show. And this is very much Melissa's decision. Norman had nothing to do with any of this. I'm sure he was very much looking forward because they're great mates. I'm sure that he was looking forward to being able to spend like a bunch of months in Europe with Melissa. But for whatever reason, she can't do it. It was very much her decision to not do it. And apparently... Norman got a load of hate on social media over it and both well AMC came out with a statement basically saying Norman is being unfairly targeted and attacked in social media for a decision he had no part in Melissa McBride decided she could not participate in the series because of relocating to Europe became logistically untenable for her it is inappropriate to direct negativity and anger at another cast member for disappointing outcome he had nothing to do with Carol is a beloved and vital character and we are working to find ways for fans to again to follow her story as only Melissa could give life to in the expanded universe around The Walking Dead. Fans have always been the driving force behind The Walking Dead family and always will be. That was the AMC statement. Jeffrey D. Morgan, slightly more direct when he came out defending Norman, going some of you have gone way too far. Toxic. Attacking Norman for crap he has nothing to do with. Melissa made a call that was hers alone. She wants and needs a break. Respect that. There are factors involved that are nobody's business. Norm, who's given more than anybody else to all just crappy I'm changing some of the words but uh, Norman has nothing to do with picking the location that decision is all about story ideas money that's the studio network not actors all we can do is say yes and do or no and do not maybe sometimes if we're lucky when we don't have a contract yet rarely does the actor have that power so fans on particularly on Twitter by the sides of it I mean which is a fairly toxic place at the best of times but uh, attacking Norman for the fact that Melissa's decided that she either needs a break or, you know, she's got something that she needs to do over the summer. Just why? That's so stupid. I saw a theory related to this as to why specifically Norman was getting attacked. And the theory itself was quite ridiculous, but I'll say what it is anyway. There was a theory that, you know, that there's the shippers who yeah. want Daryl and Carol to get together, that Norman like doesn't want that shipping couple to happen and he like got Melissa to leave or something so that, that oh, so they God. don't get together as a couple. When they've never really been that anyway, no. um, e- even over the, over the 11 seasons. I mean, they've been more accurately described as like BFFs, which is, which you know, they they're, they're, they're yeah. really good friends. My thing with the whole shipping Daryl with anybody, he's never really had any romantic, the, char- the character himself has never really had any romantic interest in anybody. I mean, he's been kind of like friendly with Beth and he's been friendly with uh, Connie at the moment, and obviously friendly with Carol, but yeah, that was the theory that yeah. was going around. So Yeah, just ridiculous, ridiculous that there are supposed fans out there that are having a go at Norman over this and Norman will have had absolutely zero input into any of this they'll have basically yeah. said do you want to shoot this in Europe he's gone oh yeah 
yeah, okay, let's do that. And that would be it. He had no say in any of this. And if everybody seems to be saying that it was Melissa's decision because of whatever it is that she's having to do over the summer. She has some factors involved that mean she can't suit in Europe over the summer. So attacking other cast members over that is just stupid. At the management level of that show, though, there is another change coming in because it was supposed to be run by Angela Kang, who is the current showrunner of The Main Walking Dead and has been doing a wonderful job at it. Brilliant Actually job, yeah. decided yeah. that she's stepping aside, managing the Daryl series to work on a bunch of other projects, presumably Walking Dead related for AMC. So she's going to be doing other things. She has handed over the reins to that series to a guy called David Zabel, but uh, she's staying on as EP. So, I mean, she's not completely walking away. David mm-hmm. Zabel created the PBS series Mercy Street. He also has written on things like ER. He was very involved in ER, certainly at the later stages. Dark Angel, he's written on Voyager, Star Trek Voyager, Red Band Society, Lucky Seven, a bunch of other stuff as well. So, I mean, he's a very experienced guy. And, uh, you know, he was co-exec producer or something on ER. So, you know, he's got experience of long-running, big, huge shows. Not necessarily zombies directly, but he's got some genre stuff in there. So, you know, seems like a reasonably safe pair of hands. I'm assuming he's a fan of The Walking Dead, even if he's not been involved in the show before. Yeah, I'd like to see what um, Matthew Negret can do next, because he did a really, really good job on World Beyond. So, because I don't think they've said who's show running the um, Maggie Negan yeah. thing yet, but yeah, I'd like to see him on, on something else. Yeah, it'd be nice to get Matthew Negret back in at some point, because I do think he did a really good job on that. And it's interesting that they've pulled somebody who isn't a Walking Dead regular, because there are a lot of people that are regular directors on that main series and Fear in the other series. So, and I don't think mm-hmm. David Zabel's had any involvement with it. So um, it's interesting that they've pulled in an outsider to do this. But uh, yeah. So clearly, as I say, Angela Kang is still on borders and, and Scott Gimbel are still both EPing it. So they've obviously had some say in who they, they actually hand it over to. So, you know, interesting, but we'll see. And they've announced another person joining Maggie and Negan in that Isle of the Dead series, uh, Gaius Charles, who wasn't somebody I particularly knew, but uh, some people might. He played Brian Smash Williams on Friday Night Lights. He was Shane Ross in season nine and ten of Grey's Anatomy as well. He's been in a number of other bits and pieces, but he's playing a new character that presumably Maggie and Negan will meet when they go to Manhattan on Isle of the Dead because that's the uh, premise for that is that Maggie and Negan go to Manhattan Charles is playing Pearly Armstrong he's confident ruthless and unyielding in the pursuit of what he believes is justice with the force of his will and his menace Pearly enjoys his work and intersperses humour with the terror he incites this is a family man devoted to building a safe world for his wife and daughters his journey unearths a loss he is haunted by he has patience and resilience and walks rather than runs from his mistakes so I mean it's almost in, in there it sounds a little bit like Negan-esque actually of sort of humour and terror kind of mixed together so yeah interesting but that's one of the characters that uh, is going to be popping up on the Maggie and Negan Isle of the Dead series and that's going to be six episodes and it's launching in 2023 I quite like the sound of that series I, I know the whole Maggie and Negan thing doesn't quite make sense at the moment but yeah. I do like the look of that I think it's good it's probably that one and Tales that I'm the most looking forward to because there is a little bit of well we had doubt over the Daryl and Carol show before the news of Carol dropping out now it's kind of like we'll see how that one works out but uh, then we got fear kind of still you know going along and stuff but um, yeah I'm still looking forward to the, the other two shows we'll see how they go definitely that's the Isle of the Dead series that's casting for that um, yeah six episodes launching in 2023 for that one away from The Walking Dead the BBC BBC has ordered a new show from creator of Peaky Blinders, Stephen Knight, and it's going to be to do with Scar and Two-Tone. So Scar music, Two-Tone music, a very particular sort of musical genre. You know, obviously Peaky Blinders coming to an end, so they've decided they want to keep working with Stephen Knight, as you would, because he's brilliant. So uh, Mm -hmm. Two-Tone, which is the working title of this show, tells the story of an extended family of four young people who are drawn 
into the world of ska and two-tone music, which grew from the grassroots of Coventry and Birmingham in the late 70s and early 80s. New music united black, white and Asian youths in an expression of unity. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, it's going to have a pretty kick-ass soundtrack, I think, for that. Uh, that <laughs> should be very cool. It's a project that is literally very close to home and I'm developing characters and themes that are set in the early 80s, but hopefully are very contemporary. Of course, the soundtrack will be sensational, said Stephen Knight. I mean, Stephen Knight has a lot of ties to Birmingham. He's a Birmingham lad, so that's why Peaky Blinders is set in Birmingham. And this seems another natural sort of thing because it's very kind of Birmingham, West Midlands based. He's actually going to be filming it in Birmingham because he's building a new TV studio in Digbeth, which is very much in the heart of Birmingham, not that far from where the real life Peaky Blinders operated, actually. They're building this huge new studio complex, which is going to repurpose some of the existing buildings so it doesn't damage the kind of original Victorian architecture. And they've got some new builds going up as well. That's going to be where they're filming this two-tone series. They're also filming the upcoming Peaky Blinders movie there as well. So they're going to have a new kind of, he's going to have his own studio based in the okay. in Digbeth, which is kind of cool. And, you know, anything that brings more TV production to areas outside of London. To be honest, studio space is a premium anyway across the UK. That has been a real problem because the, a lot of the studios are just getting booked up for months because there's so much TV production going on over here. Not only for stuff that yep. is UK based, but also they've got a lot of Americans coming over and shooting in the UK as well. They had a real issue with studio space so he's decided he's going to buy his own which is very cool don't know when that's going to land and there's no cast announced for it but I quite like the sound of that I think that could be quite cool yeah I watched two episodes of Peaky Blinders I think it was a while ago and it, I didn't think it was bad it just didn't particularly <laughs> catch on with me and of course you know in the world we live in at the moment we've got so many things but I may give it a shot one day in the future but for those that did like Peaky Blinders obviously I hope that this is good for those people yes uh, and you may see of course as well he was the he was the creator of C, although he's not showrunner on it at this point, I don't think. But uh, hmm. he created C, which is the Jason Momoa future apocalyptic series on Apple TV, which is also very good. So yeah, really good show. I mean, Stephen Knight's got a good bunch of things out there. And the last news story comes across from HBO Max, and they have ordered a Kite Man series, which is a spin-off from the uh, Harley Quinn animated series. So this is another animated series based around Kite Man. Currently under the working title of Noonan's, the spin-off follows the lovable loser Kite Man and his new squeeze Golden Glider, who moonlight as criminals to support their foolish purchase of Noonan's, Gotham's seediest dive bar where everybody knows your name but not necessarily your secret identity. <laughs> so that's the set up for it it's got matt oberg back to voice kite man who is the character that he voiced on the harley quinn series it's basically the team behind harley quinn that are behind this as well i really like this idea because i think kite man was a wonderfully fun i mean it's such a stupid character and they made it work so well in harley quinn i mean he's supposed to be ridiculous but actually kind of comes across as unintentionally heroic at times as well. Mm -hmm. um, they did some good work with him in season two, I thought. Yes, he has this sort of relationship with Poison Ivy, which of course goes horribly wrong, through no fault of his own as well. Uh, you know, So I think they did a wonderful job with that. I mean, that Harley Quinn series has been brilliant. It's one of the best depictions of Harley Quinn I think we've ever had. Yeah, definitely. The fact that they made it adult as well, I mean, it's very much not a child-friendly series, that. It's kind nope. of violent and you know, sweet. <laughs> and they've done such a wonderful job with that show there is of course the third season of Harley Quinn coming as well uh, but uh, animations takes time so we don't know exactly when that's going to land I think they're aiming for summer in the US but I mean it's E4 over here so God knows when it'll land mm -hmm. I'm rather looking forward to this I think they did a really good job with Kite Man see for me with this kind of thing when I did the podcast talking about the Discovery merger and how things are hopefully going to change with that and uh, you know they got this new David Zasloff person kind of in charge and they were talking about trying to get the new Kevin Feige and trying to change things a bit which is kind yeah. of what we've all been asking for because in order to get the content that makes more sense you probably need to change the people that are making those decisions which is what yes. they're seeming like in the process of doing you've got like Walter Hamada's contract I think is out next year that was mentioned in the uh, TV line article who probably needs replacing as well but um, yeah. I kind of look at because this was obviously put forward before Discovery stuff happened and I remember when this news initially came out because I think that's when they said that the idea was being put forward and now you said it's being actually ordered so there was sort of two different time points there's kind of the what I'm going to refer to as the old Warner Brothers stuff and the new Warner Brothers stuff yeah because you've still got things that are going on from the old 
Warner Brothers stuff. So things like this Flash film and other things that are kind of going on. So we're going to see how the next two to two to five years, when when Discovery, you know, the new Warner Brothers Discovery is actually able to like change DC into what they want it, as opposed to having this older version of it and then wanting to do this this new stuff. We'll see how all that kind of goes. But um, because before I would have been like Kite Man, that's a that's a bit of a weird option and whatnot, and you still haven't like done a Superman since 2013. Yeah. Um, so there was like the frustrations there. But again, you've got new leadership coming in, which is what we've kind of all been asking for. And we'll just have to see how that transition period goes. Because they've got like other bigger things to sort out, like the Ezra Miller and Amber Heard situations. Yeah. See how how all of that goes. But no, if it's good, then good. But I'm just looking forward to seeing Harley Quinn uh, come back. There is a lot of DC stuff out there right now. And we don't know what's going to survive and what isn't. Because there are things that mm-hmm. are in pre-production. There are things that have been announced and I think we're expecting more stuff to get cancelled. There are, are rumours flying around about the recently announced Wonder Twins movie. There are, are rumours, it's not the most reliable source, I will say that, but there are rumours flying around that that may have been cancelled and it's possible it has been, it's possible it's not. Certainly nobody's come out and sort of defended it and saying, no, no, it's all fine. But that was a, a movie that KJ Apper from Riverdale... Yeah, Riverdale was guy. Yeah. Like, they literally announced him and somebody else as the two leads two weeks ago so mm-hmm. but things are changing quite rapidly over there so we don't know whether that actually has been cancelled or not and then there's things like the Green Lantern series we don't know whether that's actually going to happen now or not Blue Beetle although I think that is into filming right now so I mean there's there's a whole bunch of like disparate stuff so yeah. we'll see and I mean there's mm-hmm. supposed to be like a Justice League dark thing coming from J.J. Abraham oh yeah forgot about that so yeah. th- there's all sorts of weird random DC stuff going and it's whether they mm-hmm. decide to pair that all into one thing. For me, the way they were talking in that TV line article when I was reading through the different quotes and stuff and I was like, yeah, this sounds a lot better. So it's just about waiting for that version of Warner Brothers Discovery to actually take place and, and then see what the decisions are. Yeah, very much so. So we'll see. But this certainly has been ordered to series. And I think the animated stuff is a slightly different thing because you sure. know, animation's always done its own thing and this very much does its own thing. So, you know, that's fine. But yes, so that's a Kite Man series. It's coming to HBO Max. God knows where we'll see it over here. I mean, presumably, for we'll try and pick it up, assuming they haven't been sold along with like, mm-hmm. the rest of Channel 4 by that point, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, Apple hasn't picked up a DC thing yet, so no, maybe well, it's their turn next. They, they, they don't, oh, yeah, I can't see <laughs> Apple doing it because they tend not to sort of take right. out no, I'm just stuff, saying they haven't, they're like the only one that haven't got one yet. I haven't so. got a DC thing, yes. Yeah. Yes, no, that is true. That's all the news we've got for this week. Just some time for highlights for next week on TV. So, highlights for next week. We have We Hunt Together coming back for a second season. That's on Alibi on the 5th of May. That's at 10pm. So, uh, that has returned for a new season. The Staircase, which is the limited drama based on the real-life case of a man who is accused of murdering his wife. Uh, There was a Netflix documentary of the same name that came out as well, but this stars Tony Collette and Colin Firth. I remember that, yeah. That's The Staircase. That is on the the 5th of May at 9pm. Then we have the Terror Infamy. That's essentially the second season of the Terror. That's on BBC Two on the 6th of May at 9pm that lands. Then we have Love Life, second season of that. That's 6th of May at 10.40. That is a um, romantic comedy anthology series. The second season of that stars William Jackson Harper from The Good Place. He leads the second season, although Anna Kendrick from the first season guest stars as well. Did you see the first season of that? I did Because it kind uh, of passed me by. Yeah, completely passed me by as well. I think it's on BBC iPlayer still. But, it should uh, still be on there, yeah. yeah. Then we have The Wild Season 2 that's coming to Prime Video on the 6th of May. So that's back for a second season. I started watching the first season of that, thought this is interesting, and then didn't get back to watching the rest of it. That's the one about a group of teen girls that are stuck on an island, basically, after a plane crash. But it, it becomes apparent that they didn't end up on the island by accident. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that looks quite good. And uh, Bosch legacy which is the sort of spin-off slash continuation series which is is moving on to what well it was the first show actually that is on amazon freebie the newly named amazon freebie which of course is that new name of imdb tv so uh amazon freebie which you can get for free on amazon that is on the 6th of may for bosch legacy and the neighborhood returns for its third season that's basically been just running out stripping it out daily yeah. pretty much but that's uh 3 p.m on 
10th of May. It's straight after the second season ends. That's The Neighbourhood, which is that comedy series on there. So that's coming to E4. So that's everything for this week. If people want to find more of you, where can they find you, Matt? You can head over to entertainmenttalk.org or search for that name on your favourite podcast platform. Done a lot of reviews recently. Got around to watching Russian Doll Season 2. Actually ended up binging it because I was really enjoying it. So I didn't want to switch it off. And then I decided that I wanted to talk about it. So I did a review of that. I gave that one of my must-see ratings. I really, really enjoyed that. Very kind of, you know, refreshing second season. Not that it really needed to keep itself fresh, but I, I thought it did a very good idea with that second season. As me and David mentioned, we did that Netflix episode. It's called The Netflix Situation. And we talked about, well, the situation with Netflix over there. Football's still going on. There's only a couple of games left of the season and then new manager and hopefully buying some new players and getting rid of a bunch of them, hopefully. So we'll see how that goes. Doctor Strange is out this week, isn't it? And Moon Knight is I... finishing this week. So, I think so, yes. Yeah, the Moon Knight finale is this Wednesday and then Doctor Strange out this week, so we'll probably have episodes for those. Uh, Gaming Talk, we're still going on with that, talking about Activision's mismanagement with their studios. Uh, they decided to move a developer who made a Crash game onto making Blizzard games. I don't know why they did that either, but they did. And yeah, just general TV, games, films, main eye podcasts on entertainmenttalk.org. You can find me on Twitch, eTalkUK, and you can find those streams, archived later, and a whole bunch of game clips on the YouTube channel, which is Entertainment Talk Play. So uh, quite a lot of two uh, of, of going on at the moment so check out all of that yeah go and check Matt out over on entertainmenttalk.org for other people involved in the show you can go and get Bex on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes that's B-Y-T-E-S for lots of streaming stuff over there and silliness and sitting in boxes and retro gaming and uh, Tomb Failure and lots and lots of other stupid stuff which he's doing over there <laughs> but go and support Bex on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes and Daryl you can get on hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series that you love which are shot in Canada for us you can visit the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye-bye bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.